a little something extra from the apple seed. And now, here's your host, Sam Payne. I'll tell you, every once in a while, we just get the hankering to play one single story, not even a full episode, just one story, and chat about it here in the studio. In the studio, I've got with me, well, a couple of people. Stuart Foster, who's a member of our Appleseed family. Stuart, why don't you introduce our other guest. Of course. This is Christina Jorgensen. Yeah, also a part of our BYU Broadcasting family. Indeed. Christina Jorgensen is, I got to tell you, we had a conversation just before the mice went hot about her last name. Now, I asked her how many different ways she has seen Jorgensen spelled because I figured there were a lot, right? And as it turns out, there are really only a couple, right? But there are a lot of pronunciations. There so it's O-N or E-N, right? Yeah. But there are a lot of pronunciations. What, how have you heard your name pronounced? I think the most common one is Jorgensen. J- are you kidding me? Really? Jorgensen? Yeah. You, how would you get there from Jorgensen? Wow. But, so you do, I imagine, you, you're Jorgensen from time to time? That's Yeah, that's true. That is another. I think that is contrary to what my dad might say. I think that is the most sort of Danish pronunciation. My dad likes to say traditionally it's yarn. Yarn. Which if just you see yarn. the word, just the word yarn. yarns and you pronounce it yarn. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm That's not amazing. sure where we got that. But. It's but it's a Danish name. Yeah. Right? And over the generations some spelling changes, right? It, it, what you were saying yeah, before the Yeah, I think it was just a couple of generations back. There's a cemetery in southern Utah that has a lot of my Jorgensen ancestors yeah. and you can see the change actually. There'll be the S E Ns and then all of a sudden, I think maybe maybe a hundred years ago. Changed to O N. Have you have you have you been in the United States long enough that you've kind of lost those connections, or do you, or do you maintain the kind of Danish pride of your heritage? I think there there is some Danish pride. So my grandfather he likes to say he's one hundred percent Danish because he grew up in Manti, which was a, a Danish settlement. A Danish settlement and so in Utah. Yeah. Even though I'm pretty sure his parents were born in America. They were in this Danish settlement, so they yeah. all had, you know, kind of pure Danish lines. So there is an element of pride, but do we actually know much about the culture or what Yeah, yeah. pronunciations? Or have we been there? No. But I think there's a longing for it, though. You eat the occasional Danish, right? <laughs> yes. I, I'm with you. Okay. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, I know a little bit how that goes. I'm, he does. I'm, he makes Abelskivers. Your if dad he knows, does. But yeah, we have an Abel Skeever pan. They're just little kind of pancake balls, basically. Oh man! And we have a. He makes different kinds of Abel Skeevers. We just for fun are inviting your father. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's quite good at it. Actually, <laughs> yeah, my, yeah. my mom just got into making those and got the pan for herself. Oh, nice! And like they are delectable. Wow! What other types can you have besides just the normal one? Do you put well, stuff in them? Yeah, you can put. Um, like chocolate chips in them, or so my dad's done like do apples. Pancakes. Yeah, really. Oh, I mean, they're they're a smaller one. Right. But he, oh, he he did one last time I was home. He made a chocolate ganache and like filled it. Oh, that sounds so, delicious. Yeah, he's there's a there's a Danish town, Scandinavian town called Solvang, which is kind of outside sure. of Santa Barbara. And yeah, so I that's know where we were introduced to Abel Skeevers. Ah, I gotcha. Wow. And my dad kind of gets hooked on certain things and just will not let them go. Abel Skeevers is one of them. So down. I uh, heritage, you know. I mean, my you have to go back to my great grandfather. My great grandfather was a Greek immigrant, right? But my grandfather, who was thoroughly born in Minnesota, right, 
is like a hundred percent Greek, you know, oh, I mean, wow. you, 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 maybe that's just, maybe Greek is just strong, you know, but it, it takes hmm. a couple generations for people to stop calling themselves full on Greek, you know? Right. Well, so I well get see it. my, my mom's from Scotland, but we don't call ourselves from Scotland. I mean, she does obviously, yeah, yeah. but like me and my brothers, we, we don't really, huh. uh, we, we have that. I think it's a pretty strong connection still. But I, I feel like we still don't call ourselves, you know, we're, we're like, oh, we're from America. We're from like yeah. home, right? Well, home is that, Utah. That, home what is... a fantastic setup for our little story we're going to listen to, right? This is, a, this is a, as we often say, right? We hope that the stories that we bring you on the Appleseed uh, spark memories of experiences in your life that you can then share with the people that you love, perhaps even the people with whom you're listening today. And as we're getting ready to listen to a little Joel Ben Izzy story, uh, it seems appropriate for us to be talking about different places in the world, right? Where where we're from, where our people are from. We've talked about Denmark a little bit. We've talked about Greece a little bit. We've talked about Scotland a little bit. And now we're going to hear, again, a story from Joel Ben Izzy called Three Travel Tales, right? Now, tell us, Stuart, you chose this story today. What did you love about this story? Well, okay, there are a couple of things that I love. I think the first one is that... Uh, not to spoil anything about these stories, but uh, they are not necessarily, they, they perhaps are stretches of the truth. <laughs> <which> that <laughs> never happens very, on very the Apple Seed. Come on. So that's one thing that I love about them. The other thing, though, is that I think that travel kind of inspires storytelling in a way, sure. right? Like it, if you've ever met somebody who has gone abroad, right, they're always talking about them going abroad. And yeah. it's understandable because it's like a big thing in your life, right? It's seeing yeah. all of these new things. It's experiencing all these new things. And that's kind of uh, what this these stories spark for us. So I, I love the conversation that comes from travel stories. There's, a, there's an old saying about the two great ways to begin a story. And one of them is a man went on a journey. And the other one is a stranger came to town, right? Mm -hmm. But both travel themed themes, right? right? So here we go. This is a story again called Three Travel Tales. The teller is Joel Ben Izzy. You know, it's funny, I was thinking about tall tales and true stories, and there are stories that sound true that aren't, and stories that don't sound true that really are. And I remember I once ran into a, uh, a hobo. You don't see many hobos now, they'd be called street people. But this guy was your classic old hobo with the patches, with a little cigar held on the toothpick, just that old hobo style. It was in a Union Station in L.A. And I remember just talking to him about this and that and hearing the stories. He'd spent a lifetime actually hopping trains, one train to another, riding in the freight cars, doing what hobos did, getting out, cooking up a can of beans on a little fire, and that's how he lived. He was telling me about his adventures, and he said, one time he was going down the coast. He heard this horrible rumbling noise. So he went to the edge of the boxcar, looked out, and there up in front he saw that the train had derailed. Not only had it derailed, it was actually going over the cliff, a car at a time, really fast. I said, what did you do? He said, oh, it was terrifying. I've never been so scared in all my life. I, 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 I thought I might jump out, but if I jumped out, it was moving too fast. I'd be killed. I said, but if it went off the cliff, you'd be killed too. What happened? He said, oh, the, the 
train, car after car. I, I saw it coming. I screamed for help. There was nothing to be done. And finally, the car I was in, the very car I was in, got up that cliff. I was able to look down. It must have been 200 feet down to the bottom of that cliff in the ocean. I said, goodness, what did you do? He said, what did I do? There was nothing to do. So what happened? I was killed. <laughs> Train stations are a great place for stories. People are going from one place to the next. Things happen. I remember once I was in a station in Seattle. And I had just a few minutes to catch my train. So I went and got a newspaper and a little bag of cookies, like a six pack of Oreo cookies. As I sit there, somebody else comes and joins me, kind of a scruffy looking guy who's wandering around the train station. It's okay though, he can sit there and, and join me. And I ate a cookie and he reaches down and he helps himself to a cookie. And I, I look at him and he looks at me. And so I reach down, I take another cookie and he gives me a dirty look and then reaches down and takes another cookie. I give him a dirtier look. And I reach down, I take another cookie. I would share maybe if he asked me, but this is just nervy. And finally, he has the nerve to reach down and grab the last cookie and eat it. Well, with that, it's time for me to go. And I pick up my paper to go, run off, and I'm just getting on my train when out from my paper falls my package of cookies. <laughs> Funny things happen in train stations. <laughs> you know, I end up traveling a lot when I go tell stories, and uh, usually I don't go to fancy places to eat. But one time I was in San Francisco, and I, uh, I stopped at kind of a nice restaurant. Very nice, had myself a nice meal. I just finished a very long day. And as I was eating this meal, I noticed that there was a woman across the restaurant from me who kept looking at me. And she'd look up, and I'd look over her, and she'd look down real quick. and then. Finally, towards the end of my meal, she came up to me and said, excuse me, you have to forgive me for staring, but, but you look so much like my son. I said, oh, your son? She said, yeah, you know, my, my son was killed some years ago in Vietnam. The sad thing was that I never got a chance to say goodbye to him. And now I see you, your face, the, he, he looked just like you. I think he was even wearing a, the same kind of shirt that you're wearing now. It was a green shirt. I said, oh, huh. She said, you know, I know this, this is asking a lot, but I never got to say goodbye to him. He never said goodbye to me. So I wonder if I could ask you to do this. Maybe when I get up and, and leave the restaurant, could you just say, bye, Mom, like that? It would help, help me. I said, sure, I'd be glad to. And, you know, maybe a story will come out of it. So when she finished her meal, she got up to leave, and she waved goodbye, and I, I stood up and I said, bye, Mom. And off she went, and I finished my meal. When the bill came, it was $74. Now, this was a nice restaurant, but it wasn't that expensive. I said, wait, 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 wait. I didn't order this, or this, or this, or this champagne. Oh, the waiter said, your mother did, and she said you'd pay the bill. <laughs> I said, what? Your mother at the other table. That wasn't my mother. Sure, that was your mother. As she got up to go, you said, bye, Mom. I said, wait a minute. I don't like being taken. I do not like being fooled. I said, wait here. I gave the guy my wallet. I ran out of the restaurant with no real idea where to go. Then I caught a glimpse of her far off to my right. In the midst of a crowd of people, I started running. She saw me. She started running, too. 
I ran faster, she ran faster. She ran all the way until she got to a bus stop. And I said, lady, lady. She recognized me. She knew she'd been caught. She'd probably tried this trick before. She got to the head of that line and started pushing. I ran as fast as I could because I was not going to let her get on that bus. And as she ran, people in the crowd said, what's going on? I pushed them aside too. I reached over. The bus started to take off, but the door was not closed. I reached in. The door closed on me, but I reached in just far enough to grab her leg and I started pulling her leg just like I'm pulling yours. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart, you were very kind when you set that story up and said some of these stories may stretch the truth. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of hedging. Bit of hedging. <laughs> How many versions have you heard of the pulling your leg just like I'm pulling yours now? That that story comes up all the time, right? You heard that a million times at camp, right? Yeah, it's a classic or, one. It's a it's classic. Mm-hmm. But now I can't remember any of the other ways I've heard that. Can you? Can you? Remember any of the ways you've heard that story? Oh gosh, I don't know. I've I've heard the cookie story actually. Yeah, that's that's oh, another one that, that I've heard. That in fact is a classic, right? That uh-huh. the first time. I, now, our listeners may have to help unless there's somebody in the room here who knows where that story originated. But I think it originated with Douglas Adams, who wrote the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, really? That's where I think that comes from. But it it he may have gotten it from somewhere too. So if you're listening and you know. Yeah, shoot us an email. Visit yeah, us. No again. joke. No <laughs> joke. So, so Christina, I have a question for you. Um, have you ever been fooled in your travels by someone? Have you ever been? Have, have you ever been? Uh, what's the word? Uh, have you ever been uh, hoodwinked? Hoodwinked. Yes. <laughs> I. Nothing comes to mind. I feel very mm, like suspicious of people when I'm traveling, and I think I don't know where that comes from, yeah. but. One time my mom was, my mom's a little bit more trusting than I am. And I had been in Mexico teaching English and I was taking the girls I was with on a trip to Cancun. My mom was flying from the United States to meet us. And so we were coming in different terminals. So we needed to find a way to get her over to our terminal so we could go down south to Playa del Carmen. And I told her, okay, there's, I've looked it up. There's like a little shuttle you can take. It should, it'll be free and it'll come every 20 minutes. But she was so stressed out about, not being able to find us, that she just tried to get a taxi straight away. And the guy charged her like 20 bucks just to go five minutes. And so she she found me in the terminal and she's like, I found you, good news, bad news. I've already spent $20 and got, I just already got ripped off. Oh no. Nice (laughs) mom. And she speaks Spanish too, so Uh you'd think that she'd figure it out, but. Uh Well, the reason why I, I asked you to be with us today is because you are kind of our world traveler here. You've been to all sorts of places. Where else have you been? So I've taught English in Ukraine as well. And then I've lived in England a couple of different times for various internships or studies. I served in an LDS mission in Italy. And then I also did a month in Germany as just a, a high school exchange student. If you could only go back to one of those places. I, I love, if I was going to pick a place to live, yeah. I would pick England. Okay. I love England so much, but I'd love to go back. I've also been to Iceland. Wow. I was only there for about a week, and I would love to go back there yeah. and explore some more. Wow. I was in Bulgaria one time, and uh, and the person that I was with, the person that was kind of leading my little group, uh, said, don't trust anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, and and don't, don't ever leave anything anywhere, you know? Yeah. And sure enough, I, I I I turned around. We were headed for a bus, and I we were about to get on a bus, and I realized I didn't have my backpack. 
and it had everything in it. I mean, everything in it. It had everything in it. All my money, my wallet, my passport, everything oh. was. I know, I, I know. You're, passport. You're, I know. You're terrifying. looking at me. Yeah, you're yeah, looking at me like I'm an idiot, and I am an idiot, right? But I did, I did have all that stuff in it. And so we ran back to, you know, we, we thought, well, I, you know, where, where, where could the backpack be? So we ran back through the town where we were, you know, out through the city square. And, and the person who we were we were with, this person who was kind of guiding our group, she saw this guy that she thought was surely the guy who had taken my backpack. And I don't know what criteria she used to come to this decision, but she went up to that guy and she just totally collared him. She like grabbed him by the lapels. Oh my gosh! And like, where's the backpack? Oh my gosh! It was it was uh, it was tremendously exciting. It was terribly exciting. But did, and, and did she, he have it? No, she <laughs> totally she <laughs> totally traumatized this guy. You know, he's probably still not the same. Uh-huh. That was years ago. And somebody in our group said, you know. Let's go back to the restaurant where we were eating. And we went back to the restaurant where we were eating. And they said, oh, yeah, we, we saw your backpack and we put it in the back where it would oh, be safe. Wow. That's this guy probably true. tells that story, right? It's just like the <laughs> cookie <laughs> story. <laughs> he tells it all, all the time That's now. right. This That's person right. just randomly came up to me and yeah. <laughs> grabbed my lapels, asked me for a backpack. It was, it, yeah, it was traumatic for all of us, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But But you are kind of... In a different when you when you when you go outside of your sphere, you know, you are in a different place. You kind of don't know what the rules are. You kind of you know, it's it's a it's like being on a different planet. Yeah, sometimes. I remember in Mexico, kind of the head coordinator we were working with, who lived in the city. He told us he's like, make sure you have different amounts of money on different parts of your body and know exactly how much money you have. So if you're gonna have like twenty pesos in your shoe and like fifty pesos in your pocket, you know, and never pull out more than what you're gonna pay with and they'll know how to rob you. Yeah, there's there's definitely a certain kind of vulnerability and it can be bad sometimes, but it can also be good, right? Like there are, there are moments where like you feel a little bit vulnerable and it makes you more accessible to like the people that you're meeting, right? Yep. When you're when you're away. Well, Christina Jorgensen, Christina, your Christina Yarn. 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 <laughs> Such a pleasure to have you with us. Thanks, Thanks for, for joining me. us. And Stuart, of course, it's always a pleasure to have you in the studio as well. Yeah, good to be here. Joel, Ben, Izzy with three travel tales. And again, we hope that the stories that we share with you here on The Appleseed spark memories for you that you can share with the people that you love, perhaps even those with whom you're listening to the program now. It's been such a pleasure to have you with us. I'm Sam Payne, and I can't wait to have you join us again on The Appleseed. Thanks for joining us for a little something extra from The Appleseed. Google The Appleseed Podcast and subscribe for something new just about every day. The Appleseed with Sam Payne.